I was going to make a comment about the air quality, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, so everyone, we're recording what we're recording right now. And um, the air, if you're on the East Coast and if you're in Canada, shout out to our Canadian listeners, TM. And um, there's some air quality issues because there's some wildfires going on in Canada and it's trickling down to the United States. And we are in all around the Philadelphia area and it is not great. Our air quality is like almost upwards of 300, which I have no idea what that means. I didn't know there was a number for air quality until today, actually. I mean, you know my stance. As a as a child of Southern California, this is yes. baby food. Um, that being said, I don't know. My lungs must have gotten weak as fuck because I have been coughing. And by weak as fuck, I mean I smoke a lot of weed. Well, I feel like this is probably the equivalent to that, right? I, my theory is that this is not from the Canadian wildfire. It's from the fact that we're coming off of Pride Weekend in Philadelphia, and this is God just trying to kill all of the gays. Yes, yes. God or Andrew, because Andrew was here, for everyone who wants to know this, Andrew was attending my Pride party that I had on Friday <laughs> night in Philadelphia. Erica was there as well. But Andrew helped me set up and was just kind of the straight man of honor. But one of my friends had asked the day later if Andrew was gay. Which, Andrew, what is your what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever been mistaken for gay before? No, that's actually kind of a first. Um, I'm not mad about it, but I'm just uh, I'm confused <laughs> like why he would ever think that. Me too. Or why would you ever, <laughs> why you would ever want that? I'm just kidding. Um I don't know. Maybe my, my my friend David, shout out David, maybe he's into you. I'll give you his number. But yeah, we no, had a what David could do so much better. Don't do that to that. You've man. never seen David. I'm just kidding, maybe he can. I, I will tell this story. Um, during oh, the yes. party, um, I was taking photos, and um, one of the <laughs> one of the people there for his uh, gay commented, gay on, site. <laughs> commented on my camera and started talking to me, and, and we found out we were both kind of working the same industry, um, video production. Um, and he very quickly asked if I was gay, and once I told him that I wasn't, he he, he I could tell he quickly became disappointed and then started becoming like really shitty about like, he was like asking me what cameras I use at work. And he was like, those are the wrong cameras. Why did you buy those? And like became like really shitty about it. So it was just kind of funny. Like, I wonder what Wait, he looked Andrew, like. No, I remember what he looked like. Girl, he was out of your league. <laughs> this is crazy. He, he was who a was handsome it? man, but Erica, who I, was I can't, I can't Kirk, remember I, his name. Kirk, it was a hundred and eight thousand gay men. Who looked who's who was that? Who works in he had like blondish hair, probably around Andrew's height. <gasps> I literally oh, I know him. Okay. He, he was, was at your party, Kirk. Of course yeah. you know him. Well, no, I didn't know it. I, girl, I don't ever know my party. I'm popular. Um, <laughs> it was Shay. So there's a couple, oh, yeah. D- Dan and Shay, which by the way, they are also the country duo. They're the same fucking names. Their names are Dan, or Sh- Dan and Shay. So it was Shay. Shay works, Shay is, Shay works in video production. That's so okay. funny. I love Shay. Yeah. Shay's so nice. Apparently he, not he if was, you're straight. I, I, well, I've run into this before. This is, this is sort of more of a video production thing versus then a gay and a straight thing where there are strong opinions and people kind of trying to one up each other, but it was just kind of funny. And then I was like trying to get out of that conversation as quickly as I could. Yeah. I don't, that's interesting. Well, anyway, Andrew was a super great ally this weekend, um, for helping me put my party together, but really just this weekend is the only time he's ever been an ally. Can confirm. That's true. Oh, it's true. Um, all right. Well, should we get into the episode, which is kind of on trend with what we're talking about right now? Being gay. It's, it's a trend. Yeah, it, it's it's the woke trend. The woke trend that we're going to ride. 
amongst other things. All right, let's jump deep into the gay hellscape. Hello, my gay boys, girls, days, and slays. Happy motherfucking Pride Month. Obviously, we're going to have our first full episode be about the gays and the rest of the LGBTQ plus community. Not the A. I would say, sorry, Andrew, but he's not really an ally. But the allies can take a backseat. They can listen, but please, we're not going to talk about you. Usually, we tout ourselves as non-experts in anything we talk about, but Paul and myself are professional gays, and Erica, a newly queer little baby, this being her official first Pride Month out. Correct, Erica? Yes. Yay. I don't know why you would do this to yourself. So what's the connection between pride and the hellscape? Well, being a part of the LGBTQ plus community can be a hellscape all of in itself. But the way the community has been attacked and is currently being attacked is nothing short of a hellscape. Today, we will chat about our personal experiences within the community, what pride means to us and how we express it. And then we will take a dive into some of the scary realities that are facing the community and how we can stay vigilant and help protect the community. Kirk, I'm also so proud of you for memorizing your lines because I know you could not read them. Thank you so much. I had a I had someone telling me in my ear. <laughs> That's what the AirPods are. <laughs> he has a twink in his closet right now, <laughs> reading it out. I wish. <laughs> all right. As the resident ally, let me dig into all of your gay personal lives, which is the main reason we are allies in the first place, right? to hear about your exciting queer lives so that we can live vicariously through you to escape our monotonous heterosexual lives, which, you know, kind of true. Um, my life is just a hellscape of waking up, working, feeding the dog, doing laundry, feeding myself. So yeah, that's why Andrew was here. That's why Andrew was here alone this weekend without his significant other. Because he's trying. <laughs> well, she wanted to come. She really, really did. But she always she... wants to come. Anyway. And she never does. <laughs> That's a topic for a different episode. <laughs> we'll have her on Whoopsie one day. Dipsy. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm, I'm curious. Um, when did you all come out? So Kirk, we'll start with you because oh, you're okay. the, the gayest of us easily. Oh, well, thank you. I thought I was a white street cis gay. Um, <laughs> I, I, my story is really boring, but I came out at 23, which was yesterday. And um, no, it was 78, 78 years ago. It was 78 <laughs> years ago. It was 70 years ago or eight years ago. Whatever. Long story short. I was after college. I was at my friend's and I was my situation. And if Paul was here, he would agree. I think that like when we were younger, it was very apparent that I was. But it was not apparent that he was like I remember because um, we went to school together as children. For those that don't know, and like when he when I found out years later because we disconnected, um, he, he removed his dick from my ass. We disconnected. He, um, he he I found out he had a boyfriend and then a husband and now he's divorced. But I was like um, I had no idea he was gay. So I had come out and it was kind of just like a my friend pulled it out of me in a really nice generous way. But like I felt um, I bet he did. She, it was, Car- it was Carrie, <laughs> who I haven't spoken to in a year and now she's British, um, but she, 
um, maybe come over to her house and was like, oh, we have something to talk about. And I thought she was going to tell me something about something. And then she basically was like, you have something to tell me. And then we went back and forth like an hour because I wouldn't say that I was gay because I was scared to say the words. And then I said it and it was cool. And then my other friend came over because she was anxious. She's like, I'm not coming over until he says it. And then they told me they like went through my, they had my Facebook passwords. So they were like going through my messages to guys and that's how they found, they confirmed it. And they also were like, oh, we also made a fake grinder. We tried to find you. I was like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> so for allies that are listening, don't make a fake grinder and try to out your friends. <laughs> but um, I'm really grateful that they did. Cause I think I was an era of my life where it would take them even longer to admit something, anything. Like I was just kind of like stagnant in, in a lot of things. And that was one thing that I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a few more years. It would, would have taken to come out. So I'm grateful that it was, when it was so did you know or or think maybe that you were gay before you came out oh like yeah yeah i don't i was gay probably since i was like i can think of when i was at like like 11 10 i i've always knew but i always try like i had a girlfriend in senior year of high school um but we never had sex and all of her boyfriends now looking back were um gay so you're saying she groomed you yeah now we, we, we haven't spoken in a year either what's neither of these women i've spoken to in a year what's going on i'm recognizing a pattern what do you remember about what kept you in the closet the most because you knew you were gay for quite think, a large part of your life before you came out i think a lot of it was i actually was just talking about this with a friend um i didn't how it had this weird like I didn't want it. One of them was, well, one of them was, I thought that a lot of my friends weren't going to be my friends anymore. Cause this is like growing up in the early two thousands and like where you're really most of my formative years. And like, I just thought no one would be my friend. Cause nobody was gay. Like no one was gay in my class that we knew of. So it was like, no one's going to be friends with me if I'm gay. And then I also had another weird fear that like my close friends were going to, I was just going to become like their gay best friend. Like, I did not want that at all. I remember like a lot of my friends were like, that's the vibe I felt like I was going to get. I wasn't becoming like, the gay best friend. And I was like, I don't want to be that. Um, so it was a mixture of those things. And it was just me being a little bitch. But I think it was also a different time, obviously. I think, you know, I think it would, I think I have friends who are my age who came out probably like maybe, maybe three years earlier than me, like in looking back, like that are like, they probably were 19 or 20 or something. But um, that was probably the time most people were coming out who are now my age. Let's jump over to our, our BIPOC. <laughs> Which I thought meant bisexual person of color until recently. <laughs> yes, we won't we won't go down that road. And by well. recently, I mean like three years ago. Relax, everyone. <laughs> All right, Erica. Uh, when did you come out? Um, so I came out to my family um, within the past three months. So super new. Um, and I probably came out to myself like in 2021. I would say that sounds right not math math no let me check like no no it was 2021 i remember what are you gonna check like where what i was gonna check check my text threads Uh, okay well what would you what would you if anyone asks you now what would you identify as i guess it's probably good to tell the audience so i i generally say i'm queer um and a lot of it comes from the fact that you know, being not straight is so new to me that it, it's so hard for me to say, you know, I, I like even cisgender people. Um, you know, I'm not someone who, I mean, I date a lot, but I date idiots. So an idiot is code for men, but I don't um, think idiot is an LGBTQIA. The I doesn't stand for idiot. So, <laughs> and, and being an idiot is a universal thing. 
we can all be idiots. <laughs> that is true. Um, I I date idiots who don't wash their butt cracks, which are almost solely straight men. Looks at yeah. Andrew directly. <laughs> I will say that a hundred percent. I do not identify with that. I do not understand <laughs> any straight man that you know, like. I have been. I have gone to like weekends like with other male friends and been made fun of for bringing like a packet of butt wipes along i'm like dude do you really want to have a crusty ass for all day long like that is that's that's not cool man andrew having a washed ass is known is a gay thing obviously why would your ass be clean well uh, like literally i mean this is a little bit of a tangent but literally some guys like i used to work in a very blue collar shop environment um, when I was like in my late teens and early twenties and, and there would be guys that literally would talk about that and like be angry at other people. Like, Oh no, I don't like, I don't touch myself like that. Like trying to prove to other guys. It's so weird. It is so extremely weird. Like, Oh yeah, I'm not gay. Like I would never, I would never do that. It's like, you're, so what you're telling me is you're just walking around with just like fossilized shit in your crack right now. That is correct. Anyway. This conversation is homophobic, and I'm not uh, not entertain it any longer. We need to keep this going. Is, this is terrible. I'm about to literally freak out. Okay. Kirk is unwell. <laughs> All right, so um, let's get back on topic. Erica, uh, what do you, what do you remember about what kept you in the closet the most? Um, or did you I, even know you were in the closet? I really didn't. Um, you know, a lot of people recently have said like, "Oh, like." I'm so sorry. Like that must've been so hard for you. And it's like, girl, no, it has not been like, I, it was truly a matter of, I never, it wasn't on my radar because like, and you know, it's an, it's a topic for another episode, but dating and sex is such a late thing for me. Um, that I do feel like I am somewhat in that like late teens phase where it's like, Oh, like, I'm going to try something new or like I, I wasn't doing that for a very long time. And I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to explore anything outside of a heteronormative relationship. Um, and it really wasn't until I changed my views on what a relationship was that I realized that when it comes to a partner, I, I see myself very probably more clearly with a woman um, than I do a man. And I think when it comes to who I would introduce to people in my life, it was always men. And I think that, you know, I've made a lot of changes in the people in my life. And then I've also, I think one thing that pulled me out of the closet is I realized that, you know, hey, I do feel this way. And if I'm being inauthentic to myself, you know, I have this nephew who's going to hopefully grow up in a world where he is accepted and he should see that acceptance early on in his family. Also, I just didn't want to be under the same umbrella as Kirk and Paul, to be quite honest. <laughs> and we have a little bit of a special guest today that we're going to drag into this. In the same way that Paul dragged me into this podcast after promising me that I wouldn't have to speak, um, our super producer, Maggie, has a incredibly funny story about coming out as straight. So... Maggie, how did you come out as straight? Oh boy! Well, first off, I want to I want to let everybody know that I'm not going to tell my parents that this is in the episode, and I'm going to make them listen and just endure this since it involves them. They're the main characters of this story. 
Um, my parents are both artists and went to art school. I was taking a lot of queer studies classes in my sophomore college because I thought it was so interesting. And for a second, I wanted to go into like queer advocacy. And so they FaceTimed me while at a dinner party with their best friends and asked if I was gay. And they were just like, we support you no matter what. And when I came into them as straight, they fully didn't believe me until I brought home a significant other three years later. Wow. They, like, wanted, did they like want you to be? They were yes. like, they wanted to be those really cool, artsy Brooklyn parents that were super accepting. And they just thought they'd get ahead of it by asking me if I was gay. Mind you, my by sophomore. Converting you. Right. But my sophomore college roommate was sitting in her bed. I think she almost peed it. I, I really do. <laughs> just, she was laughing so hard because I had, I didn't have headphones and I didn't know my parents were going to ask me if I was gay during this That's conversation. Amazing. I just needed to share the story with you so you understood. That is what we call grooming. Kurt, <laughs> stop it. I was going to make that exact same comment. God. <laughs> I'm so I've been secretly drinking every time someone says grooming in this episode. Oh, oh, you're not making it to the end. The fact that I have like four sips left. <laughs> All right. As a more newly minted ally myself, I want to. Do we talk about that? Why were you an ally before? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because he can, didn't know any gays, Kirk. We can oh. get into that. Yeah, literally, literally. Um, so I, I've only been to uh, like three pride events in my life thus far, very recently. Um, so I'm curious, Kirk, what was your first pride experience? I don't know. I think I really don't know. I, I am. So I'm probably like six years ago, maybe five, six years ago. I've only really it was Philly Pride that I think I went to. In Philly, we have Philly Pride and we have Outfest, which is in October, which I think other cities do that too. But um, I don't remember the first, first one. I think it was probably like 2016, 17, maybe. And a few, a bunch of my friends went. And I remember it being, I remember it kind of being that first year that I was really openly like going out, out. Cause I didn't really get into the social scene really even to like a few, like a year or two after. And then I really get deep into the social scene until the last probably like since COVID. Cause that was one of my revelations during COVID was that I, I didn't have enough or really any local queer gay whatever friends and I kind of created a little bit of a community for myself the last few years but anyway the first one was fun I do remember this is not a pride but it was kind of my first experience going to like a like going out with a gay person who was considered like a friend I was 20 was that next summer after I came out I went to Fire Island with a friend <laughs> and the friend was like not a friend it's the first time meeting this guy which is pretty common for gay people and we drove to the ferry and went, went over to Fire Island and it was just so it was fun. It was very eye-opening, but it was like I wasn't comfortable with myself yet. So it was inter- it'd be interesting, like looking back at that and be like, seeing how uncomfortable I was as a person at Fire Island. Um, and I haven't been back since. I need to go back. But um, but yeah. I, but I think over the years, Pride has been like I've learned so much about like I think at the beginnings I thought it was just like an excuse to get drunk. But it's that's I mean it is that too. But it's not. It's also an excuse to get high. But it's um it's. It's a celebration, especially the, this year. I really, realize, really realized it with this group of friends that I have now in Philly, and also how important it is due to everything that's going on right now, uh, that attacking the community. Um, like how the events themselves are really the kind of protests in themselves. Um, and then obviously learning the history of why we have Pride, why it's in June, all that kind of stuff. And the, and New York Prides are always really special for me because you get to go to Stonewall and all that kind of stuff, and it's just like such on a larger scale than here, obviously. But yeah, that's what I remember about Pride. Like, I was thinking about this, you know, we saw the outline 
couple of days ago and I was thinking about it. I have not necessarily participated in like a pride parade or any type of intentional pride event. Um, I think a big part of it is I just don't love such heavy crowds and pride is admittedly a lot less enjoyable when you are in fact not a gay man. Um, getting a drink is like fighting for your life. But I... I can back that up. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's brutal. Um, that being said, I think in the sense of even just acknowledging pride um, and celebrating it in the way that I did with people, it was very much... I don't know. It didn't feel so different. And maybe that's the community that I belong to. But I feel like it's just kind of been another reason for us to get together and celebrate. Um, And, you know, my goal for this Pride is to do a lot more kind of community centered Pride events that are really focused on building up the queer community in Philadelphia and less so you know, the kikiing and partying part of it. But yeah, I guess I'm pretty homophobic because I really don't do anything for Pride. Why did you start speaking Jamaican at the end of that? <laughs> because in Jamaica, if you are found being gay, it's like a huge crime. And I love that. You sounded like the actor, the voice actor for Sebastian in the latest version of well, The Little man. Mermaid, which I saw last night, which was offensive because he, I don't think he, I know he's not a Jamaican man, so. No, he is not. That was um, homophobic. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> and racist. Um, but yeah, I think for me, pride is definitely uh, still something that I have some room to grow with. Um, but yeah, I yeah. would say my first pride has been probably... Kirk's rooftop party where I was apparently called out for not being a BIPOC. On the oh podcast. my god, iconic! I love that was that, the, that was my girlfriend. That's my girlfriend from senior year. Oh yeah, that's so full circle. My girlfriend from senior year of high school told us that if we ever need a BIPOC on the podcast to hit her up, this woman is barely not going to cancel for this. Barely Puerto Rican. Like we it says this to while Erica's sitting next to her who is now officially a bisexual person of color. So I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) She was wrong twice. I had the same experience or have had the same experience as you, Erica, that I I'm not a big fan of like huge public events and parades in general. Like I, I just kind of bored by parades and, they're kind of fun to watch on TV, I guess, around Thanksgiving, but it's never really been. That's the thing. straightest thing I've ever heard. They're kind of fun <laughs> to watch on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I know. I know. That's horrible. I'm 87 years old. But um, my first, like, specifically Pride event was going to Kirk's rooftop party right after COVID happened. So that, well, after 20, we could, like. 2021. Yeah. We could or 22. Kind of start going out. Um, after COVID, no, um, it was twenty one. It was it was twenty one because it was and also then, supposed to be a goodbye party for Paul. Oh yeah, Paul was moving, <laughs> yes. and, and then I was you, like, mm. the most homophobic thing you've ever done is is co opt his going away party by turning it into a pride party and then inviting half the city to your roof. Well, um, and then I I missed I missed last year's because I think we were on vacation or something. Yeah, and then I I, I went this year. I think one of the misconceptions with the pride and like is because visually to probably people who don't 
understand the community and the which I mean are homophobic and then always have these voices of speaking out about it like a Candace Owens or a Tucker Carlson or whatever are they're always like oh it's so provocative and everyone's naked and dancing on a float and drinking and smoking and blah, blah. and that's all very true but it isn't the purpose of it's not, it's, a, it's a liberation movement and it's like that's how you feel liberated and get liberated and um, there's a lot of other things that happen those weekends and throughout the month in every city that is beyond just that which is, you know, raising money, which is aware, raising awareness, educational types of events, stuff like that, um, drag performances. So it's more than just, I think, people like, I think that sometimes straight people will come to it as an, as an ally and just think it's just like, let's get used as a party. But I think over the past few years, it's changed because people understood more of the, of the um, purpose behind it and of the impact behind it. Well, I think that's the thing that I'm learning too yeah. is that that is the the visible part that you see on the media is you see the parades you see the big parties in the street you know you see on a right-wing media you're going to see the people who are wearing leather and jock straps and that kind of stuff like that is what gets showcased on the media no matter what side of the spectrum political spectrum you're on but um there is it's a whole month stuff happens all month long in different ways and the other thing you mentioned earlier kirk is is outfest in philly which mm -hmm. is yeah. specifically in october is it yeah yeah it's october's yeah. national coming out month yeah and i i my girlfriend and i went to outfest with you last year and oh, yeah. it was a whole lot of fun and and that's just another i mean it's a little bit different but you know it's I that one it's I would say, yeah, it. and I wonder if I'm going to look into if other cities do this. I'm sure they do things, but I, I, it's a big thing in Philly, but it's the difference between Pride is so funny because Pride is like a bigger event, I think, with like people from like families come and there's kids, it's kids and whatnot. And like, it's more of like that type of environment, people coming from outside the city, other cities where Outfest feels like the genuine community within Philadelphia that is always like that for the most part. So it is, that's probably Andrew was a little more intimate, I guess, but um, less like manufacture, a manufacturer, but less like produced. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if it's like that in other cities. I don't know. If you're from another city besides Let Philadelphia, us know. DM us. DM Kirk if you're gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Sometimes he'll leave a DM sit for three years, but he'll respond eventually. Yeah. Maybe. Somebody DM me. Someone did. I think they're referring to a DM I sent yesterday to them. That was uh, someone had this man had DM me. Um, I guess yesterday in response to a story, and then I went back and read our messages, and that I never answered. And he said. I would like, he was like, oh, I'm not going to find it right now, but he was like, I would like to paint you. I'm do painting Philly gays. I was like, what? Not just paint him, paint Kirk's It name. was, it was, oh yeah, my nudes, which I wonder if he means, do I just want me to, do you just want my nudes? Like, girl, I don't Yeah, he's just them. trying like, to get just, nudes, yeah. baby. You could just have my nudes. Like, you got to paint my nudes. <laughs> that was 100% a ploy. Uh, yeah, paint me like one of your Philly gays. <laughs> Literally is what he says. <laughs> so, uh, Kirk, uh, what is your favorite part about being a part of the LGBTQ plus community? Um, I think I don't, um, I'm trying to think, I don't think I don't have like a favorite. I mean, it's just like, uh, the, my favorite part about this is Kirk wrote this. I know. I, was like, I wrote these questions, guys. That's what I'm laughing an at. I'm like, how do you not I have an answer? Um, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth. Sometimes it's the L, sometimes it's the G, sometimes it's the B. Stop. Stop. Um, no, it is. I like the community. Like, listen, it, I think I've told this story before, but I, I'm at least to you guys probably. But like, I remember like five or six years ago, I was 
out with friends, a friend from work who was gay, and I, he had a lot of gay friends, and we were the same age. And anyway, long story short, the friends were like, "How come we don't know who you are? Who are you?" Blah blah blah. And like, we don't like we don't ever see you out in the community. And then I just, they were like, "You're you're like a straight gay. Like you hang out with only women that you grew up with." And I was like, "Kind of. Like I have some gay friends." Like, well, a few years once they start, like you know, getting married, having babies, like you're gonna realize you're gonna regret not having gay friends. Blah blah. So like, I'm kind of at that point in my life where not all of my girlfriends. I think our generation's changing where it's you know people don't have babies right away and get married right away, but some of them have and and some of my girlfriends went to other things so like i don't i don't like have that straight nightlife as much as i used to or like social life and as that is big and i have filled it with this community and i think that that's that's i was reflecting on that this past weekend because my prides used to look different where it was like even if you look at my parties i've had over the last three years on my roof if i um look at the first one through this one even the last two three years of having it um, it was like a lot of just my girlfriends really was the main people that were there on the, in 2021 and this year and last and this year was particularly, it was just like wildly queer, which is the point. Right. So, um, I just love the connection and the, just the, it's really just like the, the, the community about it and meeting people that can relate to you and your experiences more than other friends that you have. Um, and there's also some really terrible parts about it too, but we're not gonna get into that as much. Oh, we probably will. We will, because that's why we're called the Hellscape Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, what what is your favorite part about being a newly minted queer baby? I think for me, um, I never really belonged to a community that, you know, there was something that I identified with this community that wasn't a choice, right? Like, I had my college friends who we chose to go to college together. And I have, you know, my volleyball friends where I chose to play volleyball. Um, but despite what conservatives say, I didn't choose to be queer. And I never really had, um, you know, a black community in Philadelphia because of going to a PWI and being an accountant. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, having, being a part of a community that is so, I think for a lot of people, they've been so other for a big part of their life, especially, you know, to be honest, I think millennials, like we remember homophobia in a way that other generations, you know, that follow us will never understand. Um, so I think to be a part of a community that knows what it's like to be other when I myself, even when I wasn't out, even to myself, I was a black girl in the world's widest suburb, right? So I think being a part of a community where everyone is like, we will accept you because we know what it's like to not be accepted. Um, and also to be a part of a community that is so intersectional and sometimes aggressively not <laughs> intersectional. It's beautiful. And it's also great to know that it's, I try to look at some of the more negative experiences I've had as a woman of color with a primarily white cis gay community um, as an opportunity for growth. And I think what's so great about the queer community is like, that shit doesn't fly very well within that community. Whereas, you know, I grew up in a church where they let a lot of things fly because it's easier to ignore than to criticize. And I think what I love about the queer community is they're so open to criticism, but they're also good at giving criticism. And I think it's just one of these, for me, it's just so nice to see myself in a community where it's like, I can grow with this community. And if I want to make changes in this community, I certainly can. And if I want to grow in this community, I certainly can as well. Um, and that is why we should all band together to indoctrinate more youth into becoming a member of the LGBT. 
IA plus community. <laughs> I can't oh wait for God. this to be clipped and put on libs of TikTok. God, I can't wait. Mm. Oh man, that would be amazing. Mm. No, but I think some uh, one thing I love about that Erica said is that I and that I've learned from Erica and other friends of mine who are a part of the community who are black or who are a person of color or who which aren't, you know, the, the, I think the, the mainstreamed gay version is, is people like me that are palpable. I mean, I don't think I'm palpable, but that people are palpable, that are that gay white men that are palpable to. Do you mean palatable? Oh yeah. Palpable. Ew. Yeah. I was like. Palpable means to like be touchable. Yeah. Guys, I, I am mean, that's palpable too. too. <laughs> Um, but palatable, um, is more palatable. So I, I learned a lot from my, especially my more, um, girlfriends who are queer and black that have educated me a lot, which I've been really, um, and male friends too. But, um, I've, it's, I think it's important for people in the queer community to get out and become friends with people that don't look like them as well, because that still happens in the community. I also think that it's so much more discouraged to sit within your own group. And it's like, everyone knows those bitchy gays who only hang out with people who look quite literally exactly like them. Um, Probably because they're all taking the same HGH going to the same surgeon. Um, But it do be true. Um, That is to say that I do think that there's such a big part of the queer community that is like, you can't do this shit. Like you can't, we cannot gatekeep because we know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Um, and so we're not doing that here. Whereas like, I'll say it in the black community, there's still a lot of, you know, kind of closed off parts, but I think that it is, you know, it's less, there's less of a closing off and there's more of a general willingness to accept. Um, like I said, especially compared to the black community. And it's something that even now, like there's a huge part of my life, you know, my extended family, the people that I don't see every day who, you know, were part of my past, I've not come out to them yet. And if they listen to this podcast, they're about to find out that I'm gay. Um, but that is to say that that is something that I've definitely seen a lot less of in the queer community compared to communities yeah. that I've belonged to in the past. So what do you all think is the biggest misconception about the LGBTQ plus community? That they're Other good than people. the fact, is there too many letters? It's LGBTQIA plus bitch. I just wanted to say, like Kirk earlier, you said you said A stands for ally. I thought that was asexual. Yeah. Oh, yes and no. Shit. It, no, it can. It can. Um, it can different. Like even if you look on the Glad website, they have both under the definition. All right. Well, sorry, girlies, asexuals. Not that I really care because you won't fuck me. <laughs> um. <laughs> You are yeah, right. Like, I think it's technically. Oh my god! Literally, I'm the worst. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual. I knew that. I but then there's so some of them have a second A, which is owl. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. 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 No. No. Oh. I don't know. It's LGBTQQIP2SAA, which is the generated password for my Comcast internet. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it should be. We like are, if- We need to. We need to be stopped. <laughs> No. No, I want to keep adding it just to piss Candace Owens off because she's always like, oh, my, um, the, the, what's she called? The gay alphabet. Yeah, the alphabet mob. That's, the, that's alphabet the alphabet mafia. Alphabet mafia. mafia. That's Tell it. me that's, something that sounds cooler. I bet you I know, fucking exactly. can. That, they continuously make things sound just like fucking cool as hell. I'll anyway, be honest. I, 
Andrew is also asexual, so it works either way. Stop. I will say on the topic of sexuality, I do think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions in the queer community. Um, and like, yeah, I'm so sorry to my father, who definitely is a loyal follower to this podcast. I love you so much. But when I came out to my mom, the first thing she asked was, have you been physical with women? Um, and I think that that right there to me is the crux of the biggest misconception is that queerness is a automatic act of sexual deviancy. I think it's so funny because if you know how specifically queer women tend to date, sex is not always at the forefront of that. Gay men, a little different, but that is to say that I do think that a lot of people focus on, and even to Kirk's point, when you think about pride, a lot of people are focused on the partying and the drinking and the parade and the having fun. And I think that sometimes a lot of people take queerness as it being like, you're supposed to be jolly. You're supposed to be my queer BFF. You're supposed like, yes, queen slay. Like everyone is a Jonathan Van Ness who is a beautiful, beautiful soul. But bitch, I do not have that type of like joy and love in my body constantly. Um, And so I do think that there is a misconception about who is in the queer community and how they interact with the world. Um, Asexual people exist. You can be gay and asexual. Like, there's so much within the community. I think that that's a bit, I like, I like that you mentioned, I think the misconception, I mean, because I like fucked it up myself earlier, but I think that the misconception, there is like, that's why they, they have, I think I've I've seen like bisexual visibility and that kind of stuff, which like, is, it is true. Like you, I mean, people, the word, people know what bisexual means and like, it's thrown around all the time, but like the idea of being by someone who is genuinely bisexual, I feel like kind of gets just kind of like discarded in the community sometimes. And then definitely something with asexual. So I think when it comes down to like sexuality, that isn't just like, I'm a man that likes a man and I'm a woman that likes a woman gets, um, I don't know, it gets like shoved to the to the side a bit outside of the community and inside the community. So I think that that's something that could be the misconception around sexuality within the community is something that could be cleared up. And I think it's just what, what Erica said, the misconception around just everyone wanting to just like just being hypersexual, which I mean, I, we are like, I, I think that mo- a lot, especially gay men are hypersexual. Like, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think it's also part of being okay and open and free with yourself when you haven't been most of your life. And so it's a generational thing. It might change as generations come up because they're coming out younger. But I also think straight people suppress a lot of, like not every straight yes. person, but a lot of straight people, the community itself, the world, just the world in general, like the 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 way the world is, is just to suppress a lot of things when it comes to sexuality. So it's like looked down upon. And so if it comes from a religious perspective or whatever perspective you're coming from, like you're going to look down upon it. So therefore straight people aren't as openly speaking about sexual sex the way that we are doesn't mean they're not openly doing it because they're cheating on their spouses all the time yes this is my thing i think that men will have sex it does not matter gay straight anywhere in between they will have sex and they ideally would have a lot of it until their dick stop working which is between you and god quite frankly but i really think that the difference is that because queer intimacy or intimacy between people who have the same genitals, right? It doesn't produce, it's not a matter of reproduction. So off the bat, it's the antithesis of what's in the Bible. But that is to say, I am so confident that if two heterosexual people could have as much sex as two gay men without any of the consequences of pregnancy, bitch, bitch, it would be foul out here. 
Um, and I think that it is like, let's call it what it is. There are people who like to have a lot of sex. There are people who like, who don't like to have a lot of sex. To Kirk's point, I do think that kind of being forced to enjoy your sexuality so much later in life does kind of push people. But I, I also that, think we should be, people should speak about sex. And it yes. should be talked about straight, gay, bi, asexual, yes. pansexual, demisexual. Well, and it should. I, I, well, <laughs> but it also should. They can talk about it too, but I don't think they want to. <laughs> they can. It shouldn't matter. No, I'm it, kidding. It, like, that is like the most frustrating aspect of it is like sex is the absolute most irrelevant part about any being. Like whether or not they're having sex and how much sex they're having, not sexuality. And so it's like, why are we so hung up on this thing that doesn't define how a person interacts or how a person, how good of a person someone is, right? Yeah, I agree. But it's something that like we vilify so much. And if you look at all of this legislation that's coming out, the fear is oh, they're grooming our kids so they can touch them and abuse them and have, you know, inappropriate sexual relationships with them. And it's like, that's not the fucking point, bitch. We don't want your kids. Well, I think that's a good maybe transition to go into our next segment of the episode around the hellscape that is what is happening to our community and the attacks are coming out. They've always been coming at it, but how it seems aggressively they and more so are coming right now. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about some hate crimes. This is Andrew, the editor from the future. Kirk's mic malfunctioned and switched over to the internal mic of his computer for the last half of this episode. That is why his voice sounds more annoying than usual. We are working hard to fix his audio problems so that he is at least semi-listenable in the future. Although, the mic issues are the least of his problems. Back to the episode. So... Now that you all know how much we love being a part of the community and how great it is to be a passenger on the queer carousel, let's talk about the scary truths and realities of what's happening right now across our country when it comes to attacks on the queer community. So, Kirk, I know that you've kind of had your your ear to the ground on a lot of this. Um, what do you? What is something that's happened recently that you want to call to attention? I think a good thing to kick off this conversation would be today, actually, the day that we're recording. For the first time in its four-decade history, the Human Rights Campaign has declared a national state of emergency for members of the LGBTQ plus community, which is just um, scary to think about how long 40 years obviously is in, in terms of like that's a long time, especially for the movement and the community, because not that gay people have only been around 40 years, but how much progress has been made in 40 years, which I think is a, is a point to, to bring up. And um, it's never been, there's never been like a state of emergency. So I think that this just goes into all of the, the attacks that are happening by large leaders in this com- in this country. And I know one of the talking points right now is on the right is like trying to discredit that term. Um, right. Queer genocide or trans genocide or gay genocide, however it's applied like, what do you mean genocide? Like, you're shoving it in our faces. It's in all the media. Straight people are being supplanted for gay people. And, like, that that idea 
is crazy. I mean, genocide is a very harsh term, but that really is a lot of what's trying to, you know, happening. Like at the very best level, they're saying, well, we just don't want you to be out in public. We just want you to go back in, into the closet, which is sort of a form of genocide in and of itself. It's like, we just don't want to see you so that if we can't see you, then you can't have a community and you can't grow as a community. And to the most extreme, which is the Daily Wire's editor-in-chief, Michael Knowles, at CPAC this year, saying we have to eradicate transgenderism from the world, which is, I know... I know they try to play semantics and it's like, oh no, that's not, they're not saying they want to kill transgender people, but that is, there's, there's no other way to interpret that phrase. Yeah. And I think, you know, to transition to me, um, we've obviously not seen, obviously seen a lot of bills coming out that are incredibly anti-trans. Um, this is also coming from the humans, human rights campaign, um, there's been more than 125 bills that would prevent trans youth from being able to access age-appropriate, medically necessary, best-practice health care, in addition to 45 bills banning transgender students from playing school sports and 30 bathroom bills. And I think what people aren't realizing is you are not making these people, you're not making them not be trans. They will still feel the way that they do because it is not a choice. And I think that is the biggest disconnect is people treat it like it's not a choice. They know that me being black was not my choice because it's so visible. But it that disconnect is so apparent when it comes to queerness and gender identity. And I think that it is a genocide because it is a community that, A, is what, 1.6 of the population that we are that are being actively targeted by lawmakers, that's insane. And B, this is a community that experiences suicide rates that are off the charts compared to any other community. Yeah. And to further alienate and ostracize them, to me, it's just like, and I'm not going to go too far on my soapbox as I could go on for this forever, but it's the same group that says, protect our children what about the children? Save the children. And then at the same fucking time, they're saying you have to fit in this box that you do not fit in. And if we were to look at this the other way, that is like me telling any of you that you need to switch the way that you express yourself to the world because I don't like it. It doesn't fit in with what I want. And on top of that, we're saying, oh, the things that build character make you a better person, like being involved in school sports, seeing people like you going through these struggles and overcoming these struggles through literature, through media, through personal stories. You don't get that anymore. So yeah. good fucking luck. And that is just to me, it's like you guys all literally the spot in hell for Ron DeSantis better be so goddamn hot. The devil says, damn. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> the devil gonna fuck Ron DeSantis? It's kind of hot. No, um, I mean, girl. <laughs> damn. No, it's true. And I think one of the things that, um, like, even last night, I think in in Glendale, California, there was this like school board. I don't know if I saw this like school board voting um, to recognize June as Pride Month, and there was like an, it was people outside voting, I guess, in lines to or 
were to have like this conversation. And um, there were protesters that attacked um, people that were pro voting for this, obviously. And the police are barely involved, which the video is really interesting, but just stuff like that is popping up everywhere. And um, I think one thing that I, I, I realized is whenever I like hear conservatives speak about this and about, especially and some of the stuff that came out that I was reading on Twitter today around um, the human rights campaign saying that it's a, um, a state of emergency is they're always like, ah, come on. Like conservatives are like, oh, this is propaganda and ridiculous. Like this is just them trying to make a statement. Like it's, it was way worse for gay people 50 years ago than it is today. And like, that may be true in some, cir- in some circumstances that might be true. And or or will you hear them say things like, well, in other countries, if you're gay, you're murdered or you're put in jail. And I just always find that so interesting because they always want to be like, worry about America. Don't worry about other countries with them, mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the world. But then whenever it's something that they think is a problem here or or, or think that we're overreacting about, it's like, oh, look, you, fine, then go move to a different country. You'll be killed in jail. But like then they don't want us messing with other countries to to save that problem or fix a problem or save people. They always... But like, okay, well, I'm going to worry about America then. And if I worry about America, in America right now, my stance is this. It might not be as bad as what's happening in a different country. But so so then given what you normally say, let me worry about here. Why, why are you worried about a different country? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it is true in other countries. It is worse, obviously. But like, I, I don't live that. I mean, there's stuff we can do for that. But then also but me living here, like, it should be the best possible experience that any American can live in to be free. And like, there are things that now we're not allowing the certain communities to be free. And that line of thinking is so insane because they love to talk about a slippery slope like, oh, well, we let gay marriage happen today. And next thing you know, people are marrying sheep like that's not fucking happening. But the slippery slope happens in that opposite direction where over the last five, six decades, the conservative America has been losing the culture war. I don't think they've been necessarily been losing the legislative war or or other aspects of taking over the government our government's heavily right wing anyway you look at it but they they have lost a lot of the cultural war the majority of americans are totally fine with gay marriage they're totally fine with queer people they're totally fine with trans people no one really cares they just want to like go about their lives and let everyone else go about their lives it's these very vocal minority that has a a stranglehold on our government and on the media that is causing a lot of this division um but to think that it wouldn't slide back that way is is dangerous thinking and and that's where that term genocide comes into play because like oh well you know what like right right now people are like it's okay fine you know what we like gay people have marriage that's okay but we just we just can't abide this whole trans thing that's what's the problem as soon as they win that battle they'll be back at gay marriage and we have somebody like Nick Fuentes, who has his own political conference that he has put on for years called AFPAC, who like actual senators have gone there. Marjorie Taylor Greene has gone there. Paul Gosar has gone there. Like this is not some like hidden Nazi somewhere. Um, He's had dinner with Kanye West and Trump, and that's a whole other episode in and of itself. But he in telegram messages has said that he thinks that it's pretty kind of cool what the Taliban are doing in Afghanistan by making sure that 
being gay, being queer is criminalized and keeping women out of school is is a good thing. And maybe we should kind of do that here. And he's obviously an extreme. But we have sitting members of Congress hanging out with him and going to his events. And the extreme does influence the mainstream, whether we like it or not. Yeah. I mean, That's kind of a hard for- line, Andrew. The extreme influences <laughs> the mainstream. Yeah, it's kind of a bar. We'll put it on a shirt. Holy extreme. I love merch. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have the, one of the the top runners for the, the GOP running for president right now. I mean, obviously, Ron DeSantis is with with a million things happening just in one state that he would then, in theory, if you're thinking about it, if he's running the country, he's going to want to happen everywhere. So I think that's just something to realize for conservatives that don't want Donald Trump, like. Do you want Ron DeSantis either? Like, it, it, he might be the shiny version of Donald Trump, but he's to me the scarier, scarier version of Donald Trump. 100%. Not just for this, for a million things, but 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 for this. So I think like the that the whole "don't say gay" and all that kind of stuff is only. I think people thought that was going to like kind of was this big it was this big moment and then trickle down, but it hasn't. It's, it's, it keeps coming up and up and up and up again. There's this. I was like a youth. I I wish I could give this YouTuber her flowers because she definitely deserves them. But she said history may not be doesn't always repeat itself but it often rhymes and i think that is exactly what we're seeing now like kirk you said 50 years ago keep the argument is you know 50 years ago gay people didn't have these rights but that's their argument for everything for black people it's a big one it's like well remember june juneteenth but what are we celebrating there's no it's it's better now than it was then because there's no slavery well that's the thing it's like you imagine, I mean, not that anyone here could, myself included, but like, imagine being black in the Jim Crow South where there's, not to get graphic, but literally dried blood on lynching trees still. Yeah. And someone saying, but it was so much better 50 years ago. You mean slavery? Like, And that's the thing. It's everything that we are seeing, all of these arguments, whether it be the sexual deviancy or the way that they're quote unquote, destroying this American way of life that we all hold so dear, even though for a lot of these people, their God is a man who just got indicted for paying off a porn star. Like it's, it's so layer, it's so full of hypocrisy and just false narrative and also narratives that don't make any sense. But that is to say that I do think, and this is for all of our listeners, we need to take the Republican Party a lot seriously than we have in the past. Um, And that is because I do think that Ron DeSantis is a good politician for the causes that he's pushing. He's not a good person at all by any stretch of the imagination. I also don't think he's a good politician, but he's a good politician. He's 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 an effective politician where he gets stuff done. And that is by definition, a good politician. If you're doing what your constituents want, you're doing great at your job. And I think that is what is so frightening about 2024 is that if DeSantis is the pick, I think a, he can get a lot of the kind of middle of the line, you know, never Trump, but maybe this other guy, Republicans. Uh, and I think that there are unfortunately enough people who are willing to look past the, you know, these anti-trans, uh, anti-LGBTQIA plus bills to say, well, he's going to fix our economy, even though like that's not how economies work. Listeners, register as Republicans so that you can vote in the primaries and vote for 
honestly just vote for Donald Trump because he's the only other option. Please. Yeah, I saw a picture of him recently. Like he kind of looks like he's stepping a little bit close to death's door. Like Girl, he's not looking great. I'll be honest. I know white men who are like in their nineties who look like they've been knocking on death's door since they were sixty. They look like they're close to death's door, and then we're just still staying there. Death said, "Girl, I don't want you quite yet. I'm a, I'll catch you in like a couple more years." Well, I think that just the the idea we're trying to come across here is that, like, as proud and happy as the community is, it may seem when you're out at a parade or you're out at a bar or you're, you know, watching queer content or you're watching a TV show, all this kind of stuff, all those beautiful things that really have advanced that didn't exist years ago. Um, are all positive things and pushing the community forward. But then at the same time, that's probably also the, the more relevant the communities become is making people like this want to push it down even harder. So I think we just need to stay vigilant and continue to remember what pride is actually about and to, you know, keep making sure that as when we are celebrating, we're also doing things in the community that are pushing it forward. Um, and that's the same thing for whether you're in the community or outside the community. So staying educated and making sure that you're, you know, understanding your your part of the community but then also what other people are bringing to the community as well and also know your fucking community because i do think that sometimes we do forget that there's a t in lgbtqia plus um yeah. we also quite frankly forget the qia plus pretty often too but that is to say know your community and love every part of your community love the people yep. who have to turn to you know maybe means that you are morally against to afford the care that they need and who have been put in situations because of who they are. And I think that there's still a, a great deal of compassion to be put into the community. Um, and I, I do really encourage people to find ways and we will put them in the show notes whenever I do that um, to donate to, you know, our, our, our most crucial parts of our community or the parts of our community that need the most help right now. Yeah. And you may think that the media or the community talk a lot about trans people right now. That seems to be the biggest buzzword and the thing that's out there in the media the most. That is because those are the people who are currently being attacked the most. And, and that is why they're being talked about the most right now. So I think that's important to remember to kind of add on to your point, Erica, that those are the people that need the most help right now. The whole community does, obviously, but disproportionately, they're experiencing much more of the backlash currently. Whew, I feel like we really, not to, not to call back the old podcast, but really unpacked a lot. Yeah. Um but I, I think that, you know, the big takeaway from all of us is to educate, get involved, donate what you can, if you can, whether that be money, time, resources, your knowledge, your connections. Please, please, please stand up for, for our, you know, especially our trans brothers and sisters and daters. Um, and now before we're going to we're going to go on a little a quick little breaky break, but after that, I think Kirk has a fun little game for us to finish out this podcast on a little bit lighter of a note.
Alright guys, so I have this game that I think could be a little fun and I think could get Andrew in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> uh, just kidding. But um, it's basically called Gay Icon? Straight Icon? Or Bicon? So I have a list of people and we're going to go through them and we're going to figure out if we believe that this person is a gay icon. We have to agree that it is either one or the, it cannot be all three. That's going to be, I think, the hard part. Can I confirm it's is it that they're an icon to the community or they're an icon that belongs to the community? They are an icon to the community. They are, they, okay. But it could, their, their sexuality could influence or their identity could influence, I think. But that's but not just, the big yeah. deciding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think if Maggie want to join in on this game, I think it'd be kind of fun. <gasps> Party! We always need more female voices. <laughs> I also love the devolvement of mine and Kirk's video quality as the sun sets. <laughs> I know. I need to figure that out. Okay. So it's first, exactly as the air quality gets. Yeah, it's finally <laughs> seeping yeah. in. Uh, sepia in. Sepia. This is all Justin Trudeau's fault. Like <laughs> I saw a funny tweet that was like, "Why does the world look like sepia?" Um, okay. So our first icon. All, by the way, all our icons. I've decided. I'm just you can't you can't argue me on this. Okay, they're just icons. Period. We got to figure out which kind of icon there is. Um, definitely not a library icon their name is leah michelle do we think she is a gay icon, gay icon a straight icon or a bicon i think she's a kirk icon because <laughs> she is quite literally kirk's tether for those who don't know kirk is fully illiterate i think <laughs> i think she is a straight icon yes i agree i don't think the queer community is all about her <laughs> i do think there are gays that are that are about her jokingly but i think we're gonna i think she's a straight icon because i think like like there are women that like straight women that genuinely love Leah Michelle. And this is where I jump in and say, I don't know who the fuck this person is. Yep. <laughs> okay. Can I play like straight representation devil advocate? Yeah. Yes. 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 I feel like, can there be like a third category where I feel like right now there's like a lot of like not positive Leah Michelle conversation, whether it's no, like she straight. Has, she's an icon. She's an icon. Yeah. We have to decide. Damn. I feel like icon, it's like, listen, you can ironically be, be an icon. To be iconic does not mean you are you yes. know good that's well but she is talented nobody can refute that she's talented yeah well <laughs> fine all right straight me. icon i agree that's fair straight icon all right all right second is rupaul Ooh, that's tough five years ago i would have said gay icon i'm gonna say straight icon wait isn't bi icon like isn't bi icon the thing yeah bi icon Bicon. I want to, I'm picking Bicon for this. You think the bi community is obsessed with RuPaul? <laughs> As a bi, I can I, I confirm that. I still that. stick with, uh, with gay icon. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, I mean, he is, they are, he is a gay icon. She is a gay icon. It is a gay icon. He's also a fracking icon. But he... <laughs> he, he <laughs> oh, he's, he's the gay Coke brother. He is, but um, I have a problem calling him a gay icon too. But I think maybe I'm, should we call him a straight icon again? I don't know. Here's my thing. I think my argument so straightified that yes. like, that I like, would say that the icons are more the queens for the queer community. I agree. That's why I didn't put them. Because it was too yeah, obvious. I think, I think straight people, like there's a lot they of, love RuPaul. Of, of RuPaul and it's sort of like the acceptable, like yeah, RuPaul gay is, drag person. Mm-hmm. RuPaul yeah. is what? to straight people for drag queens is what Caitlyn Jenner is to Fox News for transgender people. 
<laughs> that's, that's an incredibly astute observation. Yeah, so we love write that down right now. <laughs> okay, next one is Hulk Hogan. <gasps> Bye, Icon. Okay, wait, agreed. That was like literally what I thought. Because I think he's supposed to be a straight icon, but yes. I don't know if you've seen his like sex, six second sex tape. Because I have, and I will, I will, I will admit that I was really interested in seeing that when it came out, and so therefore I believe he's a icon. I just think the use of "hell yeah, brother," oh heavy God, yes. on the buy. Like heavy as a queer bi. woman, I call everyone not brother or brother. I call them brother. No, I agree. I think that's probably accurate and especially because i was never somebody who was into wrestling i have friends who were into wrestling but wrestling is is a very like for straight people it's it's almost like a a way that straight guys can be a little bit gay without being gay because (laughs) of just like the way like there's there's like a theater and a pageantry about wrestling that straight men do not engage with in any other way in their life mm-hmm. and he was like the pinnacle of that also brooke hogan brooke hogan's kind of an icon okay, so this is why i was <laughs> gonna put him in a gay icon because he birth he didn't birth he produced brooke hogan who is a gay icon yeah. so that's that's why i think he, he just but maybe because he's still heavy on the straight world that he maybe the bisexual people really like him so he's a icon. <laughs> As a bisexual, I do love Hulk Hogan. But we yeah, can't, we go. cannot forget that Peter Thiel used him to take down Gawker Media. Yes. Oh my which God. Which was a fucking insane event. Insane event. He is, he's all icon. He's just iconic. I also think he's probably very problematic. So, whatever. oh, 100%. Okay. Um, all right. Next is Sarah Palin. Straight. Straight. No, guys, she is a gay icon. No, I think, I, I think Sarah Palin's a gay icon. I, I, I will put my head on the line for that one. I, I would think, love. I need to, to understand hear. that. Okay. I need to so understand that. I have, I have. I just think the the looking back. One is Paul voted for her. Two. <laughs> <laughs> look. I wish looking Paul back, was Looking back as a gay little kid when she was when they were running, I thought. She, I mean, I always thought she was insane, but like like reflecting on it i'm like well i probably thought she was iconic because like she was just just a crazy woman like like running for vice president with i just think that's why and then number three was she was on the mass singer last year so that is just that's a gay icon i don't want to take a side on this because i think sarah palin just needs to be fired into the pacific trash pile but this is the only time i'm ever going to say this i do want to go back in time to a better time in america when sarah palin was the most insane politician political candidate that we ever had yes gay icon okay this next one is um okay this next one's beyonce so let me start off first by saying obviously she's an icon she's beyonce but like I don't think she's a gay icon. Like, I think she's too big. She's, 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 she's an icon, but I think, like, I was reading a tweet recently that was saying she's, like, she's a gay gay icon. And she is, but I think she's so big that she can't, she can't be a gay. Like, she's, like, everyone loves her. And I don't think she speaks enough about, like, the community to be a gay icon. Hasn't I that think, always been the thing with Beyonce and yeah. Jay-Z where yeah. they they were, They got a GLAAD I mean, award recently together. Yeah, maybe they, not so much anymore, but at one point they were the biggest pop culture stars in the world. And and they really like conspicuously refused to talk about social issues. 
Yeah, no, no. I think, yeah, I think that has a little bit changed in her last, her last, she's also just, I don't, Lee Michelle's illiterate. I think Beyonce can't speak, but, um, because <laughs> when you ever hear her speak, it's very interesting. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I love the, I love the woman. But, um, and I think I'll also get yelled at because a lot of my friends who are queer, especially black queer people, are obsessed with her new album, which is very heavy in the queer community inspired. So, therefore, she is a little bit. I mean, she is a gay icon. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be an asshole here, where I just think that I don't know if I can just put her in as a gay icon. I will say just... if the Renaissance album existed in a vacuum and there was no album before, before or that after. Was like her first, yeah. I would say she would be a gay icon because the music is so like, I I do think that like she did make a point with the Renaissance album because it is, it hits on so much like classic gay culture where it's like, this is like deep gay culture. But that is to say though, I think too many people like her. And I think that the majority of those people do be straight. Like where I would say like Lady Gaga, gay icon. Even though yes. I think people like her, I think she's gay. Yes. Okay. Blue from Blue's Clues. The dog. <gasps> oh, bi icon. There's a right. There's a right answer for this one. Not to be. I think he's a bi icon. To be quite first honest. First off, first off, it's a woman. Blue <gasps> is a girl. Bi icon then. And she is a bi icon because I believe she. I believe she's 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 confused. Oh my god, bi people are confused. <laughs> Just pick a side, people. No, no, no. no. Sorry. She's not confused. She was confusing to me which bisexual people are. Kirk, I thought you were going to say something better. Start the sentence any other way. Literally. Because number one, I thought it was a boy. That was us being idiot kids and being served that blue means boy. And her friend Magenta was a girl. They made it seem like they were like a duo. But I think they were like a lesbian duo in theory. Like kind of, but not not actually stated like that. And so I think that, I just think Blue 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 is a bygone. I agree. Okay. I'm down with that. Okay, cool. Um, next is Ellen DeGeneres. No. Straight. I don't think she's an icon to anybody anymore. Yeah, I was going to say. Think, no, I think she's still a straight icon. I think she's a straight icon. Yeah, I was going to say, if I she's agree. still an icon, it's a straight Talk community. about two straight, middle-aged, Midwestern yeah. moms. So, Talk about being palpable. She is palpable to straight women. <laughs> um, okay. I, I think at one point she was a gay icon, though. She yes. was. Yeah. I mean, she literally was like on the cover of Time Magazine or whatever Time Magazine being gay. But like, girl, if I was around then, I would not have allowed it. Um, and I fully was around then. I just was like eight years old, probably. Um, Bigfoot. Ooh, gay icon. He's canonically a bear. You know what? I can't, I can't refute that. No, I think Bigfoot's a gay icon. <laughs> Did you guys talk about this before the no, episode? This is, <laughs> no, no, this is all new. You, this is and new. You know that Bigfoot is packing schmeat. Yeah, you know that dick rolls I mean, out like a Bigfoot. red carpet. <laughs> okay, Martha Stewart. Mm, bye, Icon. Ooh. I was going to go gay icon. I think gay icon. And I thought this until I was at work the other day and these middle-aged women were speaking about how like incredible she looks in the cover of whatever. And I was like, okay, maybe. She, and they were like admiring her. I was like, maybe she's a straight icon. But I, I would have gone straight icon for sure. I, think she, I don't know. I think in her older age, she's become a gay icon. I agree with that. The cover that you're talking about, because I think this is an amazing thing. The cover that she was on was Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit edition. Yeah. And I just think that's like so awesome. She's iconic. She's beautiful. But I think she's a bi icon because like, I don't know, like 
You want to go? She's got a prison record, and like that's kind of (laughs) hot. That is kind of bisexual to have a prison record. Wait, can I can I do this? Can I say that Martha Stewart is a gay icon, and then Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg's relationship is a bi icon? Ooh, yes, yes, that you can say that. That I approve. That's fun. Okay, we have a few more. Um, Harry Styles, Mm, straight icon. I think Harry Styles like lives in a weird alternate dimension of like, <laughs> gay baiting. Um, yeah, he's definitely a gay baiting icon, but um, and a queer baiting icon. But I think majority of people that I know that are obsessed with him and like the Taylor Swift obsessed way that people get are straight women. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess he's a straight icon, even though he wants to be a gay icon. I think he really, I think he really wants to be a gay icon. Because he knows how long that money. But you be. know who is a gay icon that is basically Harry Styles, Charlie Booth, and I will say that. Um, yes. Okay, the last two are pretty similar. Uh, Tila Tequila. Isn't she a Nazi? Yes, she is a Nazi. She's a Nazi, a Nazi icon. She's a Nazi, yeah. <laughs> no, she is still a bicon to me. It was no, Kirk. But I think she's a bicon. Kirk. She's like, the, she put bisexual people like on the map. <laughs> she is to Nazis what Caitlyn Jenner is to Fox News. <laughs> so, so Hitler... <laughs> She is BIPOC a icon. <laughs> she is she is a palpable bisexual person for Nazis. Um, and the last one is Jesus. Bicon. No. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, Jesus hung out with twelve fucking dudes for a long time, so that's that's pretty gay. He was out with the ladies too. I think Jesus is cool with everyone, so he's a bicon. But he was he was serving no, the ladies. I think he's a gay icon. I was going to say gay icon. I realized that recently when I was at my niece's play at my Catholic grade school I went to and there were crosses everywhere and I was staring at them and I was like, wow, this is a gay icon. Like, that's probably why I'm gay. Like, I was just sitting in these classrooms all the time staring at this naked man hanging up on a on a cross. Honestly, always... not just naked, but that body was snatched. I was going to say, yeah. why do they always make him ripped? Because <laughs> he's gorgeous. He's Jesus. Okay. That is a really good question. Why wasn't Jesus more rotund? I think it's like supposed I mean, oh, to okay, highlight guys. his struggle. Maybe we should first talk about why is Jesus depicted as white before we talk about like how many abs he has, okay? Because like- <laughs> <laughs> he was white. He wasn't white, Kirk. Don't, yeah, you don't know. Blaspheme. You know, white people fare so well in the middle of the middle desert East. when sunscreen <laughs> didn't exist. Well, girl, this air quality looks like the middle of the desert. <laughs> You know that like song that they play whenever there's like a Middle Eastern person, like the yeah, oh yeah, 100%. it's the same thing as is the the fucking yellow filter that is put over any scene in Mexico. Okay, and there's just it. like it's like the Narcos theme song in the background always. <laughs> well, thank you guys for playing gay icon, straight icon, and bicon. You all lost. And none of you are icons to me. Well, thank you all for joining us for our Pride episode. We want everyone within the community to continue to educate themselves on other people within the community that are different than you, I think, and make some new friends that don't look like you within the community. And then for allies, I think just, you know, keep, you know, trying to help and not not overstepping at pride celebrations, but also attending them respectfully and celebrating with us and not voting for Ron DeSantis if you're a Republican and you're listening to this or Donald Trump. 
Um, just don't vote. Um, no, don't do that. But um, think, think of ways that are more strategic than just being your fr- a friend to your LGBTQ plus friend and go and do those things. Well, I hope this episode was palpable for you all. And now go drink some orange juice. <laughs> no, that's pulp. That's pulp. What? Palpable? What? I mean... <gasps> We are Wait, like I, I I will make a strong statement on this podcast. We are famously against scurvy. So yes, drink your orange juice. But Wait. what the fuck? I thought it, I thought it was pulpable. <laughs> oh, baby. Girl, I am pulpable, I am palatable, and I am palpable. All right. It's it's oh time God. to be done. I thank everyone for listening. Follow us on all of our socials. Subscribe. Send some feet pics to Erica. And it's been nice. I'm Kirk. I'm Andrew. And I'm Erica. Denial is a river in Egypt. Your husband is gay. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.